This episode is brought to you by Mithril. Hey, so, Mithril's got a new story coming out. And, as you guys know, I tend to like some of these stories that they tend to be coming out with a lot of times. And, by all means, I pass them on to you guys. The story we have this time that's looking really nice is Full Moon King. That is Full Moon King. I'm just repeating it for those in the back that didn't hear me. So, you guys should probably check this one out. If you like a modern dark fantasy between gods, hunters, and their creator, the Dark One, and the answers to a eons long stalemate, all in the Hormone King, which, I mean, sounds pretty awesome to me. But let's go down this list. You know how Mithril works, guys. But if you don't, I'm going to explain it to you anyway. So in Hormone King, there are already 60 episodes that you could actually binge already. But the first 15 episodes are completely free. And then there are free daily tickets that allow you to unlock the subsequent episodes from there on. And on top of that, if, just in case, you wanted to get a little bit further in the story and catch up to all the latest chapters that are out there, uh, it only costs like 9 to 16 cents for uh, coins. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, but like 9 to 16 cents isn't much, especially if you want to catch up on your favorite things. Imagine buying a book for 9 to 15 cents. That's a, that's a lot. An entire chapter of a book for nine cents? That's pretty sick. Good deal to me, if you ask me. And it seems like a reasonable price to ask for anybody. So, by all means, guys, go check out Full Moon King on Mithril. This one's a good one. But I've held your time up long enough, so let us get back to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Paper Play Action on this lovely day in which we are getting ready to celebrate. Actually, it's Christmas Eve today. Yep. Honest. By the time but, we're actually recording this, it is indeed Christmas Day, actually. You're right. It is officially Christmas Day. And I am and opening by the time you guys are listening to it. It'll probably yep. be the day after Christmas. Unless you, for some reason, are listening on the day of Christmas. Um, as soon as it uploads, I'm immediately listening to it. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, dedicated fan base, man. Yeah. Hey, Sundays are the usual days it goes up, so that just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, for all those lovely listeners there at your homes, enjoying yourselves, drinking your hot cocoa, and enjoying Egg a nice dog. time. Eggnog. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's a it's a cold day depending on where you're at. Maybe it's hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hot eggnog, I guess. For the too. ones in the U- for our fans listening in the U.S., uh, yes, please stay warm. Most of the U.S. right now is like in a freezing uh, state. That's be true. very yeah, be very safe out there. But for those of you who are out there, enjoy whatever holiday you're celebrating, whether it be uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Honestly, Christmas or your own made up holiday. Yeah, you, don't, you know you what? Don't if judge. you have a made up holiday, you should send it in the paper play action. Maybe we'll celebrate it next year. <laughs> we do not judge. You do you. Yeah, but by all means, you guys enjoy yourselves out there because I mean, it's a good time to be around with friends and family. And if you aren't. That is okay. Just keep them in mind. That's the deal. But we'll get into what we're all here for. And that is a, a lovely dose 
of the crazy stuff that we keep discovering and stuff like that that's out this week um this list is actually not super long or crazy but you know it's not bad except for the fact that i guess we'll start off with something that's not on this list because i couldn't find a thing for it but like so the dcu eu is dead officially yep it's gone yep uh everything uh (laughs) yep every project essentially is just currently been every existing project that hasn't that's not already set to come out has been essentially canceled batgirl superman 2 one woman 3 uh, pretty much everything. The only thing that's surprisingly still in development, fucking somehow, is the Flash. No, also the Blue Beetle film is not actually canceled. Yeah. So I mean, those are the two. The, no, the Blue Beetle film, I think, is like it's still like super, super early, so they haven't really done anything with it. While the Flash, are like after everything that's gone with it, I'm surprised you're still working on this. Oh, the Flash should have been the first thing canceled. To be honest, it should have got canceled before yeah. we even got to this point. But you know, I'd rather have the Flash canceled before Supergirl, honestly, or Batgirl, honestly. I'd rather have had the Flash canceled <laughs> before just straight up just not having uh, Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. It, anymore. Yeah. So no more Black Adam two, and we're simply just starting. Uh, from the beginning with this one, I thought based on what we saw in the reports that um, it was going to be the young Superman film going to be the reboot button for everything, but apparently it's not. So we still got uh, uh, the Flash movie. Somehow that's going to work in, but you know for a fact that Aquaman two and Shazam two, well, they're no longer going to matter in the larger scale of things. They're just going to be movies on their own release. That's all. Honestly. Technically speaking, what I'd probably prefer at this point is just for them to just do movies on their own and just have characters show up as if they've already existed. As long as you keep the the actors consistent, if you want to do a universe in which it's like, we just decided to do, like, a Batman movie, but, like, partway through the Batman movie, like, uh, Green Lantern's there, and you're like, oh, well, that's cool, right? Right? Or, like, little things like that, where it's just, like, characters will just show up on their own kind of like how they do in comics and just treat it as like yeah they just exist somewhere else and then when we talk about them we'll talk about them <laughs> yeah but i guess it's a little difficult especially with continuity when they do show up and they have a specific look or thing that happened to them in their own film you gotta explain like what, what happened to you like oh you gotta watch this or whatever yeah, that's regard. why i said just have it be like can't like a cameo or extended cameo if they're a secondary character it's a secondary character yeah. you just have them show up do the thing and yeah, then, like, and anything that gets explained gets explained. As long as you keep it consistent, like, their appearances are, like, consistent with pretty much the other movies, they think it'll be fine. Or they can do, like, what they actually did in the comics where characters, like, at the point of either death or got in prison and they never explain how that villain or char- or hero suddenly appeared in the next one panel as they've been in dire straits. Like, there's no way you should be here by right now. <laughs> I mean, it's never... a lot of times they just say that, like, this either happened before or after certain events, and you could just kind of piece it together. But I feel like with movies, you would want to, like, have it be a bit more coherent. But I'd say just having the idea of, like, instead of having this arcing story that's building up to, like, the Justice League, it's, like, obviously, when all the Justice League members show up, right? You yeah. just go, well, like, Mar- we can have a Justice League movie now, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Marvel's been kind of doing that a little bit, too, with um, kind of do like, in-between stories or, st- or movies that happened in the past. Uh, without following a consistent timeline. It's just the events are... Well, it's been a little weird because people yeah. are expecting to be building up to something and the problem is, is with the new Marvel stuff. They haven't been no... really building... There's only two projects of this King, entire... King is yeah. generally yeah, the, yeah. the only thing that's being built towards right now. Yeah, but it's all. only been two things that have been building up towards. That was Loki and fucking... Um, well, Ant-Man and the Lost coming up soon. That's about it. Everything else yeah. has been there. Nothing else has really talked about Kang at all. Yeah. And like... 
it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're trying to change around status quo and stuff like that, but you're kind of also going to be like looking at things and going like, okay, well, I don't really know what we're supposed I mean, I guess New World Order got set up, but it doesn't really feel like New World Order. That's also the technically the Thunderbolts is being set up too, but like the problem with like this new wave of Marvel like films, Phase Four mm-hmm. in general, is that yeah. it's very unclear where things are going. Like you and can the tell larger, certain and, things, but not yeah. everything. In the bigger in the bigger scale of things, yeah, it's very unclear because we have, because each film for the most part they're like their own interpersonal uh, adventure of sorts, but still like well, some of them introducing that concept of multiverse multiverse but again the execution is not really delved into too too much it's like a brief glimpse and then just hand waved away like for instance uh she hulk i think doesn't do a bad job because what it's trying to do is reintroduce uh, the netflix characters so we're reading daredevil right so daredevil shows back up and you're like okay but they did that in hawkeye yeah, we also got like a little bit of it in Hawkeye, but that's a perfect example where it's like characters show up as ca- like cameos, yeah. and you're like, I get it, like I know, and, like you don't, you don't actually need an ex. Like, Kingpin shows up, and you're like, it's Kingpin, and everybody's like, I understand. Granted, yeah, then we. Mm-hmm. It's playing off the notion that you've watched Daredevil, but like Kingpin has never shown up in the MCU films before, so it's just like no, especially with that actor it. as Kingpin, so it's mainly for the fans in that regard, and Kingpin is like, well. That would be spoiler- very weird because those Netflix should series we say sp- were like originally yeah, should- a part of it. Should we say, then, should we say spoilers for Hawkeye? Because it is technically spoilers. It's been like a year. Okay. I um, watched Hawkeye like around this time last year. <laughs> fair enough. Same, no, same here. Um, it's just that Hawkeye, just Kingpin just shows up as the overarching villain at the end uh, for it. And unless you watch the previous shows, you would never realize like who he fully is. They announced him by name, but not really like why he's formidable or why this actor is playing this character and all that such. And I mean, they did the similar thing with um, No Way Home. So if you didn't watch uh, Daredevil beforehand, if you're watching No Way Home, you have no point of reference of who Matt Murdock is and why he's able to pick a, catch that brick in spite of him being blind. Yeah. If you know, you know. And it's just kind of one of those things. It's not even that <clears throat> much you know, you know. Some, all you'd have to do is go turn around and be like, who is that? And everybody's like, that's Daredevil. And then you're done. <laughs> you're caught off instantly. <laughs> He's like, that is the boy. Yeah. And vice versa with Kingpin. It's just like, that is that is the dude. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's, well, it's a bit of a hard, a weird middle ground, especially with Disney has been trying to be more, more family friendly. Introducing the other cast members at Netflix is going to be tough. I know they, um, part of the docket they're introducing is um, with uh, the new Daredevil show, they're introducing Asian Daredevil. Asian Iron Fist in this one, replacing Danny Rand. Yeah. But I uh, want to know how, if they're going to, or even attempt to bring in Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or anybody or another Netflix show. The Punisher is going to be Cage hard and... to do. That's, is, that's the problem. So, like, yeah. the other, well, Luke Cage can be friendly. Like, it's not yeah. that bad for Luke Cage. Luke Cage is, I want to know how they're doing it. And it's Jessica Jones is yeah. a little harder on that front because how her. Well, yeah, hers is a, a significantly darker story, but Luke Cage yeah. is easy. You can be like, Luke yeah. Cage is here, and you're like, okay, I get it, yeah. right? Like, you understand immediately. He could just show up at any yeah. time, and you'd be like, and he'd just be, do his thing. Yeah. Jessica would thing. be a little bit harder, just harder, because it's like, more... we don't have to talk about it, to be honest. We don't have no, no, to talk we, about what happened it, in our previous series. We yeah, can just she doesn't, like she's here. Right? Yeah, but she has to, well, her actions have to reflect of her attitude, so she still has to be like the, well, potentially drunk drunkard still ultra depressed and not really 
a good person attitude as you typically feel for heroes because she is paid to do investigations Which but she fun. does not like do yeah but she doesn't like dealing with people's easily. bullshit yeah, yeah so that's the thing like it's gonna be well interesting especially if they try to go for that uh direction the punisher is gonna be ha- hard to do in general the punisher would be the hardest one but i feel like it's also kind of easy because like half the characters in the in the mcu kill people iron man kills people all the time yeah but the punisher <laughs> you know he he does things worse than that. He tortures them if for information is necessary. And that's. I mean, yeah, but we don't have to show the torture scene, right? Like, if we're talking about Punisher mm-hmm. showing up as like, like he's not going to be the main antagonist of anybody's like show. Again. No, no, no. Absolutely. So it's just Punisher showing up and doing something. Then you don't have to do the super gory violence unless it's like the only time I'm like do gory violence is when it's Punisher's show. But if Punisher's anywhere else, you don't have to do it. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just that simple. You don't, you don't have to do it. There's people that get shot all the time. Captain America, all the Captain America movies involve people shooting. Buggy shoots people literally all the time and punches them to death. But like, Iron Man kills hordes of um, uh, Middle Eastern terrorists in the first movie. I think the most brutal it's gotten in the MCU, I want to say, is probably the one dude that died in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Where yeah, like, I mean, you got yeah, I mean, um, he's got his neck cut off essentially by um, a shield. It was yeah, it was basically a, a decapitation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we see the blood. Like, we don't really see the body afterwards, though. Yeah, you're like, well, I mean, if his head's gone, his head's gone. But if it's if it's not, I mean, it's it's fine. We got mm-hmm. we got the picture, <laughs> like for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those characters are also walking around and just chilling. Yeah, um, well, on the plus side, at least we'll follow, if anything else, with the current DC DC plan up and with James Gunn behind the helm. We know it's not only going to try to go for that whole family-friendly element of heroes uh, not killing and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the perfect opportunity for them to kind of dig into that, like, DC is for adults or the mature audience kind of thing if they want to, because... I mean, mean, they they don't have to... They've been kind of doing that, and it's, like, it's weird because, like, I guess... I'm gonna trust James Gunn to do what he's supposed to with these characters, yeah. pretty much. Like, obviously, you don't. Everyone. The fun part about DC Comics and like, and comics in general, but I'm gonna say DC Comics in this instance, is because you can have really fun, morally like, like just wacky characters next to people who are like the most brooding, depressing people ever. Like, it's really interesting to see Dark Batman, right? Like, it's just, it's brooding Batman next to, like, John Constantine, who is, like, I'm just a dude in a trench coat who does magic stuff. And you know, like, when you look at that, you're like, this is ridiculous, right? Yeah. But those two are, like, technically more in common than, like, than Superman, who shows up and he's, like, friendly and happy, right? Like, <laughs> And he's like, and he's truth and justice along next to Wonder Woman, who is also truth and justice, but she'll cut your head off. <laughs> So it's like, it works. You could do it, <laughs> and I think it'll be fun to just have that kind of, that kind of dichotomy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because of the past DC films, like everyone had to be kind of dark. And weirdly enough, Wonder Woman was probably the brightest film out of all. Of them. Well, no, that's not true. Aquaman was pretty bright. That's yeah, Aquaman. Like. The first Aquaman Solo movie was pretty bright, and um... yeah, they they had fun with Aquaman. <clears throat> He was pretty dark when they first introduced him, but I think that was just the point of Justice League, though. Well, yeah, Justice League was just a, a dark movie. Yep. Weirdly enough, and it's like. And then you have the individual movies like a massive contrast, like, hmm, 
but I think it just, like it just, I think it that's actually what it all. should be though. I understand, like I understand what you what you mean, but I feel like it should be like that, Loki. Like the Aquaman movies should be like it's Aquaman, and then when you see him in in like Justice League, he should still kind of be that fun kind of dude. But maybe he gets a bit more serious because he's like, mm, you know, this is kind of yeah. kind of bigger than me <laughs> kind of situation, right? And then you have like Superman being all cheery or whatever and doing his hope justice pursuit of happiness thing and then it's like you don't you don't take away the joy from superman he still represents what he represents it's just you just feel like the situation calls for him to be a bit more serious in this instance right mm. you, you let the movies reflect them wholeheartedly and then when they're in like cameo appearances or combination films or whatever you want to do with that then you adjust them to the tone of the movie <laughs> Or what that movie is supposed to be. Because you can get a Justice League movie that's like super happy, but the Batman movies are depressing, right? And so yeah. you can just have Batman be gloomy in this like really cheering movie. And it's like, it comes off as a joke, but it's like, yeah, this man wouldn't make, be making jokes at this point. <laughs> no. He could just be the straight man to a lot of their foolishness. Like, it'd be funny. <laughs> so it kind of works itself out, but... Um, uh, yeah, but I think it's based on how much like inconsistent or like just maybe the tonal shifting differences between individual films and like collaborative pro- at least well two collaborative projects. It was just too much to uh, for the studio to really get a hold of, especially since the collaborative projects were financial failures. Yeah, and considering that they tried to do this without really any plan or goal, it's like it's. Oh yeah, no, they rushed. They rushed way on it because they did. Man of Steel immediately did a Batman v Superman. Like, whoa, that one, you just Man jumped right into a good it. Movie. That's the sad yeah. part. Is that Man of Steel? Yeah, was we never got the second one. That's the no. only sad part. We, they never did it was because supposed they, to be a trilogy. It, we never got yeah. all three because they jumped the gun. Because um, it was like first you got Man of Steel, which is essentially the DCU's Iron Man, and they immediately jumped to Avengers. It's skipping everyone else's. Like, what the fuck? It was like, well, no, it's like they jumped to. They did like Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh, that's funny. They was like, hey, look, so we're going to start off with Man of Steel, and then the next movie we're going to do is Civil War. And it's like, wait a minute, we haven't even set you up. Just, you skipped like eight the next movie movies of fil- a setup before you even got to Civil War. You skipped so much. And then we're going to do like Avengers 1, technically speaking. Mm-hmm. But like, so then went back. It's and weird. then they did like what? they're doing Avengers one because like everyone has to assemble for the first time, but it's weird because the threat is almost just Thanos. <coughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's like they chose the dude one step away from Thanos because it's like and the reason why I say this because the next step, the actual next step from Steppenwolf is just is dark, dark side. side yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, well, I wonder what Justice League two would have been. Well, it was dark side. I mean, <laughs> that's what they did with Avengers because Loki was only like a lackey of Thanos at the time invading New York. So it oh yeah, be- but like we didn't like we saw Thanos slowly make his way through the series, and like an entire other movie came out, which is them dealing with another type of problem, mm-hmm. and then Thanos showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like Thanos like actually arrived on screen and like did things did, did things whereas like in this like we see I think we see in the original Justice League we see Thanos not Thanos we see Darkseid actually uh, no Darkseid does not no Darkseid does not appear in the original Justice League like the no because uh, they showed the past thing where they talk about Darkseid I no 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 the past thing was Steppenwolf himself it wasn't Darkseid the original Justice League not Zack Snyder's cuts that's true it's a little confusing with that one because it's like there's two the Snyder of the Cut same shows movie. a lot. The, yeah. the Snyder Cut shows a lot more, like a lot, lot more. <laughs> it, it's it's 
it's confusing when you bring up the events of that film because again there's two existing versions of it telling a different story one is uh, a significantly it's... better story than the other though <laughs> agreed but i don't know if it's worth it's a four-hour runtime though eh, i think it uses its time wisely i disagree long, but, but i, don't, I won't I don't... get into that yeah I think it uses I think it uses its time wise. I think it talks about the right things. It uses its time to do setup and be like, hey look, there's a thing. There's more world like it has a lot of world building going on too. I, so it's plus, it's the same I mean it's the same issues that you I see with Justice League Snyder Cut is the same issues you have with Avatar 2 where there's a lot of bloat and pacing issues. That's my <laughs> issue with it. But isn't the whole deal with it is that it's like he knows he's not going to get another movie, so he just wants to give you the general idea of where he wanted to oh, go no. with the rest of the films. Yes, that I get for completing it, but if this went through, I can definitely understand why the executives at the time trying like, this is unwatchable, you cannot show stuff of this in, like, <laughs> a, in a film, in a cinema, because this would not work out at all. Eh, it, it did. <laughs> I don't, I mean, no, no, like said, it worked out bit, in it TV, did, so. I'm talking about in a cinema. If this was like as released as it, yeah, they wouldn't if, really want to do it because it's, yeah. it's like four hours long, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they want to get as, they want to sell as many movie th- tickets as possible, and being in a theater for four hours makes that really difficult. Because but, you at most on the, per cinema like uh, screening three at most because that's a full twelve hour a day shift. Yeah, you're right. Like an entire shift would be done before that movie was ready to get out. Yep. That's unfortunate, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh well, uh, we'll see on moving forward with it. Hopefully, Blue Beetle is a good good project follow up. Um, we still got Aquaman two and Shazam. I'm looking forward for Blue Beetle so badly. <laughs> Here's hoping they get their shit together for the Flash. I have no idea at this point. Um, I don't and even want them to get their shit together for the Flash. Honestly, I, we'll they're <laughs> they, they're committed to finishing it. Here's hoping they actually make something decent out of it. Honestly, they should have canceled it by now. They really should have canceled it the moment their like lead actor went off yeah. the hinges. But you yeah. know, <laughs> the reason why I say Shazam two and Aquaman two are coming out because one, they are mostly done. They're done with it. They have it all set and ready for a film release. Fine, done deal. The Flash, you're still working out the fucking kinks with your own lead actor. <laughs> you should stop. Shazam movies could probably continue without actually have affecting anything though. I yeah, like no, a, that's. I no, haven't that's... seen the second one. Granted, but like yeah. I'd like a third just because. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's uh, no, and you're right. The Shazam films uh, do um, itself solo enough for it, so they could exist in their universe. I just don't know if that's the direction James Gunn wants for the full picture down the road. But we'll see. We'll we'll see. Maybe he'll salvage that and do something with it. Because it's fun. It's just an enjoyable yeah. time. Like it's it's doing what it's supposed to do with the character. I think the only thing that sucks is that we're not going to see Black Adam fight Shazam. I mean, nah, we'll probably never... do a Black Adam, I guess, but. Not doing maybe Mike Johnson's version. Probably not. I mean, maybe we'll, you know, you know, maybe the plans will change and they can bring him back because you know, sure. because again, it's less about it's still the character. You can still bring the actor back. It's just going to be specifically different. Um, uh, it it can be done. It can be done. It just really depends on how they go. Just make sure just to turn off your brain of anything past relations with it. But moving forward from the DC talk, uh, we, yeah. yep. Moving forward with the DC talk here, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Mane, now speaking of movies, and especially with collaborations you want to talk about, uh, it, Across the Spider-Verse has announced um, the Spectacular Spider-Man uh, suit into into that, as well as, see here, yeah, 
Yeah, adding it, adding the uh, uh, model from the show, our favorite Spider-Man TV show, into the film itself, which is gonna be great to see once we spot him. I'm gonna be happy, but like at the same time, I'm also gonna be kind of sad because it's just gonna be like he's just gonna like, pop up for a bit. Look, yeah, it's it's gonna be the reminder that the show like just continues to not be done for some reason. <laughs> but at the same time, it's. I mean, um, that and X and Wolverine and the X Men is, is another show that still that is seen. another one that just got like. Axed for no reason. Axed for no... It was a good show. It was very... Mm -hmm. Bro, they had uh, Liam O'Brien play Nightcrawler, and I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, like, uh, the only... The icing on the cake, if we get Spectacular Spider-Man shows up in the Across Whatever's, and it's actually Josh Keaton himself still voicing him, that's icing on the cake. Like, yes! Thank you, at least giving us that. That's that's awesome. That is one of the better voices for Spider-Man, straight up. Josh Keaton was dope. I love him. He's still part of Spider-Man... Uh, voice acting roles because he's currently Electro in the current uh, Spider-Man video games. So. Yeah, but that's not Spider-Man, though. <laughs> I know, I know, but at least it's like he's still around, you know, and that's, that's a nice callback if you know your voice acting history. Which, I mean, it's fair because, like, Yuri does a good job. I kind of bounce back and forth on his voice for Spider-Man, though, I'm not going to front. For Peter, I should say. <coughs> um, Miles is also a situation in which I bounce back and forth because I haven't settled on a definitive Miles voice. I think that Spider-Verse has the best, but I also really like Donald Glover's portrayal. That should make more, and I know Donald Glover, but I think it's mainly because the video game takes a lot of the same voice actors from the show, the animated show at the time. It's just not this, not all everybody's saying, because that was the case, Robbie Raymond would have been Spidey instead of Yuri, but yeah, it's neither here nor there, because the same voice actors for Aunt May, Miles, and that's it. Yeah, for the game. Pretty much. Um, to me, more isn't a bad Miles. I just yeah don't. I think his uh, Miles is a bit <laughs> whiny in comparison. Like that's it. It just sounds kind of whiny. I kind of wish he would like reel it in. But like definitely the one that plays him in. Who plays him in Into the Spider Into the Spider Verse? I can't remember. What uh, Shamik um, Moore or Josh Keaton? No, 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 no. Who plays Miles in Into the Spider Verse? Because it's Moore. not the same. It's not the same. Well, maybe it's Shameik, it's... no. Shameik Moore is the voice of Miles. Um, for instance, the Spider-Verse. It's a different voice actor for Who's Miles in the, in the game? game, and in the That's game, the it's one the one, one from the show. Okay, so uh, his wait. name. I got. Let me look at us up here. Um... Oh right, <clears throat> they did replace. Donald didn't play him the first time they've ever had Miles show up. It was played by Donald Glover. Yeah, that was an older project. Any of the recent ones, Donald Glover was not part of. Yeah. Uh, what it is in Ultimate Spider-Man, like the the show Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Donald Glover um, played the first two episodes mm -hmm. Miles was in. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, I think his voice actor he probably got replaced later on because I yeah, don't think Naj he plays him the rest of the show. I'm not Naj sure. I'm just guessing. Yeah, Najit Jeter plays uh, uh, Spider-Man, uh, plays Miles Morales from the game as well as the show. He's also uh, uh, money like this. He remember you played The Last of Us, right? Yeah. He's Sam. Okay. Yeah, like his is just, his voice is a little whiny for most <clears throat> for me. Shamik Moore is fine. Shamik Moore mm -hmm. is actually kind of perfect. I kind of wish they just used him for the game. Not gonna front. Um, I think he says other projects is just like doing a TV show though in a video game. Well, I can't say exactly. Because his betrayal for him and in, into Spider Verse I actually really enjoyed. Just his voice is kind of perfect for it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. I, mean, <clears throat> I don't know who else. Miles isn't in a lot. I'm trying to remember what else he's playable in i wonder if like there was a couple other games that like his voice is in i can't I just it's not hitting me right now though 
Um, obviously, I guess I would check the Ultimate Alliance game. You know what his voice is in Ultimate Alliance? Uh, Naji Jeter. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I knew that off off the off the rip because I played that uh, front to back. Yeah, I didn't, play it. I didn't beat it. I played it too, but I just don't remember what it, what it was. It's been a minute since I played that. Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's still same as um, Yuri as no no no. It's the Arnold Taylor Johnson as Spidey that one, but it's Naji Jeter and um. Uh, no, 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 I'm right. I know I read it the first time. It is Yuri Lowenthal as a Spidey in um, uh, Ultimate Alliance Three. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, let me see. What else we gotta look at? See. We have uh, the Mortal Shell Complete Edition. Mm -hmm. That actually looks kind of fun. Also, I actually can't wait to play. Actually, okay. So let's go through this list. Yes. Uh, proper. We have the Mortal Shell Complete Edition, which obviously looks cool. Mortal Shell is an interesting game that's got a little bit of jank, but it's actually really, it's a cool Souls-like, genuinely. Yeah. It's probably one of the cooler Souls-likes to come out within recent years, I think. Though, you know, it's got, it's got some issues, but it, it yeah. does the most, like, interesting things without being a direct clone. Like, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a clone, but it, like, it does the most interesting things out of them, I guess I should say. Yeah, and it's the full complete edition coming out to the Nintendo Switch version, which is the full first time ever coming out to the Switch console. So, so for Switch the fans who play them, yep, for PC or console players, so you, uh, you can see it on the Switch coming out soon. This will include all the DLC. Yep, that doesn't sound like the kind of game you'd want to play on the go, but you know. <laughs> hey, people, uh, different people, uh, different strokes for different folks, you know. So I know some people like to play stressful games on the go for some fucking reason. Uh, Sifu though is being in arena mode. I can't wait to actually play this one. Mm -hmm. It's just basically a bunch of arenas in which you're like, hey, just fight a bunch of people in it. And it's like, hey, you mean the thing that the game's the best at? You just told me to just fight a bunch of people all the time? It's like, yeah. It's like, Dude, know. arena modes for me are always great. I think my first and my first favorite, my first arena mode I ever experienced was actually from good old iNinja for the icon PS2, where you unlock everything and just go straight on killing a horde of different enemies at the <laughs> final unlockable level. It is fun. Though, getting, getting all the secret getting all the trophies or um i think collectibles to get to that secret area was a bitch now from what i can tell this mode has several different maps like a lot of different maps they actually put a lot of effort into this and this is just coming out for free if i'm not mistaken it's not even like a paid dlc nope yep, it's free. gonna be an update mm -hmm. um next up we have offenheimer yes this movie looks really good <laughs> i'm really really excited for that film coming out it looks uh, tense yeah <laughs> Especially but, since there's been news, uh, because there's reports that um, somehow, because Christopher Nolan's been known to do this, he recreated a nuclear fucking explosion on CGI. Like, without how? CGI, yeah. How? Okay, okay because so Chris he Nolan, practical effects did, obviously. He, he likes doing a lot of practical effects. He's No, he, he's not dropping obviously. a whole nuke, but he's able to recreate the explosion somehow. Like, how did you do this? Because I'm really curious, outside of just blowing up an actual nuke, how a did you do this? fans. <laughs> A lot because of it's in, a, yeah, and he, you probably did some chemistry to kind of get the explosions to explode in a mushroom. He, form, yeah, guess. he is a he's very ingenious. He doesn't like using a whole lot of a CGI unless he has to. Um, for his instance, in the movie Tenet, he actually took a full on Boeing seven forty seven and blew it up for the film. A full size Boeing seven forty seven, like <laughs> yikes! It's and um, ridiculous as yeah, far as like for, even for like the CGI heavy ones, like uh, the movie Interstellar. 
the scene where you actually made the black hole for that one, that was all based on actual algorithms of how a black hole would be technically uh, yeah, realized. Most accurate, yeah, most accurate portrayal of a black hole ever. And like, that is ingenious. That is cool as hell. So Chris Nolan really pushes the envelope a lot of things. And I'm just curious eventually figuring out like, how did you blow up a new for this film? I'm just, I gotta know. <laughs> how I did fucking... you manage to do this? I just gotta know. Unless you know somebody who has a nuke in their backyard hasn't been exploded for fucking years. Which is actually possible because there's an exploded nuke in North Carolina. That's fair. We should get rid of that. <laughs> no one's bothered yet in 70 years. Um, But next up we have Potion Party. Hmm? Yeah. Cool yep, Potion Party is a very cutesy look, uh, shop uh, management game where you... Uh, uh, manage, manage, create, and uh, uh, endorse a potion shop uh, for your customers. You create potions, sell them on the market, less less prices. It's a neat little management simulator game uh, if you are uh, interested. Very cutesy, really nice looking. We also have Unexplored 2, which is, yep. um, I think we said it was a Diablo-like? It was a survival of uh, yes. Diablo-like one. Yeah, uh, like traditional Zelda, Diablo-like um, isometric camera angle. You go through sections, killing enemies in a uh, Diablo manner, sl hack and slashing, solving puzzles, and all that such. It's a sequel to Unexplored 1 because it's Unexplored 2, and I did not know Unexplored 1 even existed. Like, oh, okay. I like the dark I style, though. It does a really nice shell shaded art style that kind of just vibes with it. It's kind of mm -hmm. fun. I like, I like the lighting situation. It looks really cool for sure. It, it looks fun for sure. I'll keep an eye out for that. Need a little indie title. <clears throat> And yep. then we have Risk of Rain Returns. Mm -hmm. So apparently they're just remaking the first Risk of Rain game. Um, I'm assuming to just look better using better sprites and things of that nature. That um, and some mechanics they um, they developed back when the Risk of, when they were working on Risk of Rain Two. Not the same development studio, obviously, because Gearbox. I don't really truly understand because like, what are they adding from the 3D one that they're putting into the 2D one? I don't. Eh? I don't really know what the thing would be. Like, what is yeah. it that they're it's not the same development team as far as I understand because Gearbox recently just bought the IP to the entire Risk of Rain oh, franchise, yeah, so but not the developers. Movie. Yeah, I don't think Hoopa so is doing anything like this. No, it's they're not involved. Um, but we'll see how this goes, especially since it's a full-on remake. I think it's still going to be the 2D setting, unless it's they fully remake the first game into 3D as well. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I don't know how that would play out, but I'd be down. <laughs> I mean, I, the first I mean, game has a bunch of different items and stuff like that that just don't get ported over didn't get ported over into the second game so it'd be cool to see it could be I'd that be yeah um i mean hey I, I mean for the fans who play risk green if there is a story to it maybe they'll do that but i don't know if I mean, there, is a, there is a story to, to both of them okay maybe it's that i don't know we'll see how that goes when it fully came out this is just the announcement trailer so no no re full reveal on how the gameplay feature changes are going to be like but but it does seem to for... have that uh that art style akin to its 2d counterpoint originally mm -hmm. Uh, it looks more detailed, honestly, than in its yeah. original counterpart. So, yeah, I mean, and it, I, that's it could be cool. It's probably going to be fun, nevertheless. Just keep an eye for it, and we shall as well to see if it, what the gameplay changes are introduced as well. Okay, next up right. we have Grim Grimoire once more. Yeah, this one looks kind of fun. It is a two D uh, tower defense tower defense game in which. It has mm. art and art style akin to uh, Vanillaware's usual yep. thing. Mm -hmm. So, Vanillaware work if you like good art. And I'm pretty if sure like, this is not done by Vanillaware, correct? 
I not, don't believe I don't think so. so. Yeah, I think we said this every time we've looked at this game. Is like I, it's, it's not done by them, but they do a good job mimicking it. Which mm-hmm. yeah, it's not vanilla where it's basic basic escape uh, is the company that made it. Really cool art style, and it's a tower defense game. So if people like they go to old tower defense games um, to this day, or like either ones not traditional like the blue. Bloons or like even Kingdom Rush, but like the old school t- PS2 era tower defense games. Like I think one was it called um, Overlord. Overlord was a similar one, or Orcs Must Die. It's similar to that a little bit. Yeah, but it's not 3D. It's Orcs not 3D. Die, it's 3D. 3D. Yeah. 2D tower defense game. It looks fun though. It's cute and probably an interesting story to it, based on the clips because there's a lot that seems to be talking cutscenes involved. Also, next we have another potion game. We have Potion Craft. Yes, this one is less about the management of a business and more actually the alchemy and figure and crafting elements of making a potion. More internal elements of finding different mystical or even normal ingredients and mixing a potion and seeing the effects after it and potentially selling it for more upgrades uh, down the road. So like it's more if you're more into the technical aspects of different crafting system systems, this is definitely it. I have a been keeping this eye on them for a while because I've been early excellent steam for a good while now. Um, next we have Tuesday Morning, a game that I'm pretty sure we've talked about on this podcast before, but we are once again getting more gameplay for it. It's got a demo <clears throat> that is available out actually for PlayStation 5, and I'm pretty sure it's for other things as well. It probably just has a demo in general, but we have the PlayStation 5 trailer up. Um, this is a... I want to say, would you say this is more Dark Souls or... A Witcher combat Witcher because it because reminds me of Witcher yeah it plays more similar to that of Witcher in my eyes mainly because if um, the movement is a lot more free-flowing and not as sluggish as your typical Dark Souls would Dark be Souls game. yeah yeah so and that and the character looks extremely like a Witcher I'm not even mm-hmm. he's, he's basically Geralt but without the white hair <laughs> And he's not carrying two swords on his back. He just has the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he carries it just like Geralt does on his back. Or he has a long coat. Uh, similar to any, like, your DCM uh, uh, DCM game characters. As a Looks like a Souls-like uh, health flask on his hip. And the graphics reminds me a lot of, like, um, early PS2-esque. Uh, I want to say that it's a low-res. Is. Uh, yeah, yeah, very it's, low low, res. it's definitely a real low-res look, look. And it's stylized for that, for sure. It looks I'm, great. I'm a, yeah. I'm intrigued by it. Looks, it looks really fun. I can't wait to see uh, more details of it for sure, especially since it's a full-on indie project. And I think, yeah, as far as I know, I just checked the demo where it looks like they just announced it. So I don't think it's, the demo's out quite as yet. Um, Amani, you're going to have to check that for me afterwards if it's on the PS5 already because I just checked Steam. Nothing there. Okay, so I will be checking that. Well, it does say the, it's the announcement. Does the end of the trailer say when? Nope. Okay, well, it might be already out for PS5. I'll definitely play that when I get back. Oh, yeah, it's a demo available now. Yeah, it's out now. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, check, uh, check the PS5 out. Chance. Mm-hmm. Definitely getting a shot. Next up, we have <clears throat> After Image, which is, yeah. uh, what do we got on this one? A soul, a side-scrolling, Souls-like, Metroidvania uh, uh, character action game. You traverse around this very fancy, mythological-looking locale with a lot of a uh, art, like, um, I say porcelain punk uh, craft elements like uh, clockwork but really fancy looking stuff and unique metroidvania type style attacks with souls uh, functionality uh, and dodging craft, uh, dodging and AOE attacks coming out April 25th of next year looks neat though 
does look really fun. Mm-hmm. It seems to be an Xbox exclusive, so an Xbox exclusive uh, title from the looks of it. I only see the Xbox release, and that's it. It could be released for other consoles, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one later. What we also have next is Primal Hunt, which is a <laughs> VR dinosaur hunting game. Yep, and not your traditional dinosaur hunting game, because you seem to be using a lot of futuristic tech to hunt dinosaurs and uh, Ice Age creatures, but they also eventually will get upgrades themselves, and you fight a roboticized Stegosaurus, T-Rex with lasers, and a Dimetrodon with a fucking rocket launcher. Sounds like a fun time if you got a new uh, VR headset for Christmas, guys, so, you know, get to enjoy that one. That sounds like an awesome time. Um. Next up, we have Ellipse, which is a platforming metrovania. Another Huge one, yeah. emphasis on platforming. On, mm-hmm. A lot of traversal focus, most, mostly on the traversal and uh, movement mechanics and the combat focus. It reminds me of uh, a little bit like Ori and the Blind Forest, yeah. but... I was actually just about to show that, say that. It reminds yeah. me a lot of Ori. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you've played Ori and you want something else to just mess around with, I'd say Ellipse might... Uh, like cleanse that palette of yours until we can finally get another one. Either that or Silk Song, because Hollow Knight is very similar in that way too. So we're kind of waiting mm-hmm. on Silk Song. It looks like it would do a lot of the similar things. I don't know when that game is coming out. It was Silk really Song, I think, was yeah, but I think they said they're going for a full sequel. I think that's oh, supposed yeah. to come out sometime next year. Uh, let's see, yeah, sometime next year they said. Oh, to be announced. They haven't really made an official date yet. It just snowballed. Mm-hmm. Next we, we got, snowball. but yeah, yeah, next we got uh, scum. Sc- uh, I'm gonna probably butcher this. Scabma Snowfall, which is a looks like a adventure traversal game um, of a Inuit um, culture, at least native, native Canadian culture, where you play as a child of a native Canadian tribe using a drum to create spells to banish spirits and use other potential spirits exploring the native Canadian wilderness really trippy very spiritual very beautiful looking uh, environments and traversal you, you move a lot in this one like which is surprising like whoa <laughs> like that it's going yeah it's it's weirdly impressive it looks really nice too especially since you get to pet a little tiny reindeer oh yeah if you get a pet a reindeer then that's like the only way mm-hmm. if you didn't get to pet the reindeer i mean you had to take points off the game by default come on now <laughs> that's how this works yep it's a unique one because your main weapon is a literally a drum that you can uh, summon spells and experience with to uh, find uh, to attack against enemies, which is simply like these dark uh, spirits. So yeah, looks uh, looks unique. Reminds me of a was that was that game Kenya and the uh, uh, the staff spirits or something like that. Yeah, bridge spirits. Yeah. Bridge spirits. Reminds me of Kenya is cool though. Kenya is a cool yeah. game. I need to actually sure. finish that when I get the opportunity. Yeah, it reminds me of that a little bit. Looks, it looked not as combat intensive, but enough enough to keep you going, you know. It came out around the same time with Deathloop, and I really should have instead of playing Deathloop played Kenya. Kenna, yeah, because <clears throat> that probably would have been better better time. Ex- um, Next, we I got. Just I just didn't really get along with Deathloop all that much. Uh, um, I, I understand, but uh, but I guess with how Deathloop is supposed to be designed, it's a little, it's enough, it's definitely different. So, but I yeah. think it's. More straightforward. But um, the next game we have on the list here, we have that, Dis- uh, no one really asked for, but you know they're doing it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Speedstorm, which is a dark, grittier version of the Disney uh, racing game. It's like it has demolition uh, mechanics. Uh, you have Disney characters like Mickey, uh, Donald, and a bunch of other Disney characters uh, racing cars, but with rocket launchers and guns. Like, okay, 
All right, you're going for the Jack X Le- Legacy. All right, I'm I'm down for that. I don't know why we're going for this, but you know it's it's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Yeah, they're coming for that. Uh, like Sega stopped doing the Sega All Stars racing, and they're mm-hmm. coming for that spot apparently. They're like, we we got it, we got it, and I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Go for like the teen a teen teen route for these development funds. Uh, granted, though, yeah, no one really asked for another racing game out of this. Uh, for it, in terms of the, well, I'm not too ingrained in the racing community, but I think Mario Party Mario Kart is still top tier on that list. Yeah, Mario Kart, I'm pretty sure, has like the arcade racing scene on lock a little bit. I mean, it's not really there's actually a ton of indie ones that come out, but like, I don't feel like <clears throat> enough people play them. This no, is the genuine, honest truth, but yeah. they should. I think the it's, current one is a lot of speed bumps. underground. Yeah, I think the current yeah. one is Never Speed Unbound, it's the newest one. Need for Speed is the newest arcade one because if we're talking about like those kind, well, to be fair, Need for Speed is definitely more that si- less sim. It's less sim and more arcadey than like yeah, Forza like your, or Gran Turismo or Gran Turismo. Yeah, which mm-hmm. those don't really those don't really count. I mean, some people say Forza is pretty Forza. I forgot which one. I think it's the Horizon. Series? Forza Horizon Five. Yeah, because that's definitely one them, more. Arcade-y. One of them is more arcadey than the other one, but like even then, it's not really arcadey. <laughs> oh yeah, Horizon Turbo is definitely more arcadey because that was just like uh, like has a cel shaded look. Uh, Forza Horizon numbered ones are more realistic, but still has arcadey elements because uh, they're less de- fully detailed in realism. Gran Turismo is just straight up sim, uh, yeah. but this Disney Speedstorm follows the Demolition Derby. Uh, mechanic where you actually get to shoot down and attack your opponents mid-race like okay i can't wait to play as elsa shooting down my uh shooting down a fucking um uh wrecked ralph in a a golf cart you're gonna blast your all-time uh least favorite disney character (laughs) i'd rather be anyone else shooting elsa but fine i guess (laughs) i don't know i don't know how many characters they're adding for because Disney has a shitload of them, um, but we're gonna see a good variety of them in in destructive cars. Essentially, look, it looks it looks fun, and it's apparently out. No, it's wishlisted now, so it's be currently in development. Uh, no, it's available now. It's a PlayStation Store available now. Well, there you go. You can find huh. it now, guys. I don't know. It's avail- the store page is available now, but the game is coming out next year. Okay, never mind then. You yeah, can't sorry. Play it now. <laughs> yeah, wishlisted now if you're interested in a demolition derby type of Disney game. It looks for those that got really excited. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks neat. So, yep. The next on the list we have uh, survive, spelled with uh, a one and a three at the end. Yeah, well, this it's is a VR game. Mm-hmm. A PSVR zombie survival game um, that has co-op functionality where you go fight against hordes of uh, zombies in different lo- in different locales. As you traverse, look good for crafting, uh, getting weaponry, and just surviving zombie hordes that come through you. Looks fun. Um, let's see, is it? Yeah, it looks dope. Uh, definitely better playing with a buddy. Uh, okay, it's available on PSVR now. So when PSVR 2 comes out, this will no longer be playable. Well, you know, now we know. Yeah, so if you want to play this, anyone who currently has a PSVR, uh, great. I would, if you like zombie games, definitely give this a shot. I would say it's similar in the vein of Satan Sinner, just not as stylized. But if you like zombie or shooters in VR, I would say you'll definitely give. You might like this one. Looks fun though. Definitely fun. Um, next up, we we do have. I will say we do have for sure confirmation that we are getting a DLC 
for Elden Ring down the line. Mm-hmm. Obviously, recently they released their Colosseum <clears throat> pack, which is just basically a giant Colosseum thing to allow PvP for anybody. So if, if you're a PvP fan in Dark Souls or any of those games, you should probably jump into that because now you have a chance to play a bunch of different modes that are directly designed by the developer for PvP. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to get back in that Elden Ring. And we don't have an exact, okay, so uh, we don't have an exact release date, but we do know that we have confirmation that more is coming, like they plan on releasing. I think it's some later this year, specifically. Correct. Yeah, what it will entail? No fucking idea. No clue, but I'm down. <laughs> yeah, they, um, I mean, Souls DLC has always usually been good. Uh, for the most part, still like the old Hunters DLC with Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3 DLC was fucking great. Uh, Sekiro's DLC wasn't really DLC in as pretty much like a boss rush in New Game Plus, I believe, but that's about it. That's true. Yeah. But can't wait to see this come through. <clears throat> yep. Huh. Oh, and some for some bad news, unfortunately, we have here. So anybody who's been keeping an eye on the AR Yu-Gi-Oh game that Konami's been working on or announced like years ago, wish you luck. <laughs> just straight up. Yeah, it's just not happening, guys. Nope. Bandai Namco re- has come for it. Yep. I just want to say, once again, fuck Konami. <laughs> what a... What a... I said Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco yeah. is significantly better at this yeah. than... Uh, yeah, no, Konami owns all of Yu-Gi-Oh, and that sucks. Yeah, Konami tends to be one of those people that kind of just ruin things for everybody. <clears throat> what a weird, what a, like what's what is such a buzzkill thing to do that people are coming up with a really really cool way to experience your game. They're not really changing anything. They're just making an app so that when you play it, it shows up and does the thing that you say it does in the anime. Right? Yep. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, just just ruins it. Just just destroys it. Nope. Not gonna exist anymore. That's nope. some booty cheeks. <laughs> it's just it's really fucking lame and it's like and after like with some and they just regained recently some good will with uh, the Silent Hill fan base after announcing three Silent Hill projects, which is not gonna be well anyone looking closer into it here's fingers crossed it's great. More than likely it won't be. But that's all that's goodwill has now been kinda dashed for any Yu-Gi-Oh! fan base. Unless they suddenly the only thing they could do worse, and I don't want to jinx this, I really don't fucking want to, but if they suddenly just cancel Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duels, period, and just kills that game, and then turn Yu-Gi-Oh! into a pachinko machine, uh... Yu-Gi-Oh! is pachinko now. <laughs> just, uh... Just, uh... You pachinko for your cards. Do it. <laughs> Every time you need to play a card, you need to pull the lever. See what happens. And maybe you'll get the right card. After, maybe... <laughs> You get lucky on your uh, pachinko thing because you might like freeze up and just not pull a card because of pachinko. Extra yep. randomness to the rand game of random things. <laughs> uh, it's like you want to get better chances, pay more. Like uh, we added extra random. Oh uh, boy! All right, but yeah, that's it for this docket. Uh, the holiday season, so not too too much has been announced this I time around. Um, and it's all good. Now we have yeah. our, our little keep an eye on section. The actual keep an eye on section. Because we have a couple of these that we have to give you guys. So, let's talk about uh, Arcadian Riff and how nice this game looks. <laughs> yep. Arcadian yeah, first Riff. First person uh... FPS. Uh, looks like a traversal 
system. So the environments remind me a lot of like control with a lot of blocky elements in a, in a on a spaceship scenario. But yeah, you could swing yourself across the stage, uh, change out your weaponry, um, and fight. And looks a little bit like a uh, a little bit of a bullet hell, but looks really looks really neat and fun. Honestly. Plus, you know, you get a cool, crazy magic sword that can become a boomerang, and it's like like a crystal laser sword, and then you also get a grappling hook. Look, you're winning if you have a grappling hook in you. Looks like it's gonna be score based system because I do see some score numbers showing up in bit section. So you, it's definitely it's a little bit focused on roguelite elements because you get some um, some boosters you can play apply to your character as you play through. The certain presets you want to make it, as well as certain runs you want to go for. So definitely focus on a little bit more. Always fun. I like yeah. that you also have an Omni Blade. Yep. You just casually have an Omni Blade, by the way. Hey, it's sci-fi, man. No one carries <laughs> swords in the future anymore. They get Omni Blades. I mean, Omni Blades are cool. I'm not even gonna front. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super down. Magic, yep. uh, magic sci-fi. Let's go. <laughs> it looks dope. Yep. Uh, next one is uh, we're gonna spell this out one for this one. We have a Twitter account named Mika Moru for SE. Uh, certainly, almost entirely Japanese. So unless you know Japanese, well, we do apologize to the Irish barrier, But she has done he, she or he has done. In, it's not very uh, clear considering we can't read it. <laughs> we can't read Japanese. Yeah. But they do but, amazing work. Yep, very uh, cool artwork. in the style of pretty much any of the artwork for any of the Mega Man Zero games. <laughs> She's done Anybody work for Happy Holidays for Sick. Iron Man, uh, Chainsaw Man, Mega Man, a lot of mans. A lot of mans in there. <laughs> yep. Big Gundam fan as well. Uh, and crazy. <laughs> really neat, dope-looking artwork for uh, Samus Aran. She, this this artist is really uh, really well-detailed on techn and technological elements on their work because they implement little pieces and bits that fit onto the structure very well. They're really good at um, technological form factor, mecha-esque details. Or I guess more like an Android-esque details. Like everything seems very like human while being extremely robot. Like Yes, because they did one for Arkham Knight as well, and I can see every single detail in the armor piece for both Arkham Knight as well as Batman. Very um, utilitarian look. Mm -hmm. Very look slick looking. So by all means, guys, go check that out. Go look at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, support them. Uh, we also have uh, <clears throat> Livy? Live? Live. Yeah, just Live. Um, a Brazilian digital artist and a Brazilian digital artist uh, working and living in Brazil. Um, her work is very, is a freelance artist. She has this style of uh, stylized realism look because she takes essentially. Uh, frameworks of real life from both trains, living rooms, and even shops, and just pretty much stylize it to fit into like almost a comic book esque uh, display of how it would look. Because it looks a mix of both ultra realistic, but also still um, drawn, colorized uh, look to it as well. It's a it's a so weird. A lot of uh, surrealism, yeah. which mm -hmm. is fun. It's a little hard to describe how, how what this uh, what this one is. I guess would be technically surrealism because it is just like. A stylized version of real, real, real life. Well, no, some of the some of her works is just straight up just surrealism as a whole. Okay. Like, uh, <coughs> like you're not wrong. She does a lot of still lifes, things mm -hmm. like that, which are really cool. But they look great because they're in this like painter, I think painterly style, very strokes, like it has mm -hmm. strokes and things like that, stroke heavy. Watercolor um, look, yeah. Nice watercolor looks. But, um, 
I like these. They got some really cool, like, they got some six Spider-Man ones that are in there. I think you said Nayday was in here at some point. Hmm? Uh, I think so, yeah. I'm trying to find it now, but I'm not getting any luck here. But Bahamans, guys, go check them out for sure. Mm -hmm. It looks really cool. Yep. Cool oh, artwork. Cool with them fighting in the Sinister Six. That's actually kind of sick. Yep, and the last one we got here is uh, uh, developer Matthew of Inchain uh, Development Work. A movement FPS with Souls-like DNA where this guy is currently making a first-person shooter with a very unique... Uh, Mechanic system with both shooting projectiles, launching from said projectiles, jumping on them, and even throwing uh, a lamp, lantern to, that lights your way to knock bullets out in midair and swing around. Like, it's a very intriguing mechanic system for a boomer shooter. Like, I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. The fact that it has souls like mechanics is kind of the thing that's getting me on this one, because as much as, like, a lot of things do souls like mechanics, right? Mm hmm. Shooters aren't really one of those things that tend to take from that. So it's like, I'm kind of curious just on that alone to see what they're going to do. The movement definitely throws me off because I feel like it fits more into Doom than Souls-like, at least from the movement mechanics. Because Oh no, it's very Quake and Doom with yeah. how they want you to move. But at the same time, obviously there's going to be like some fun stuff. Maybe there's just, you know, you're going to have corpse runs and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that, that seems interesting. Also, there's something cool about drop kicking a grenade at somebody <laughs> yeah because you can do that <laughs> you can simply just like throw a grenade like onto your feet bounce it up on the ground and just drop kick it straight to the enemy's face above you which is that's just fun that's just sick i just can't wait to see but, this in full detail when it comes out oh yeah for sure but uh i think that's gonna do it for this one yeah there's nothing else on this so Happy holidays once again to everyone. Thank you for another great year. And uh, if we do not have an episode by the time, I think we should, but I'm not sure. Uh, New Year's is, let's see here. Let me just check that uh, calendar real fast. It is literally the 31st. This next Saturday. Hmm. We, will, we will attempt to put up an episode then. It will not be the last episode of this one, this one but we will get there when we get there. But until then, we will catch you all later. Yep. See you guys. <laughs>